What's up, pardon my pancreas? Today we've got a special episode for you. There are a few episodes that are grouped together from an event called JDRF Type 1 Nation Summit Meet the Scientists that your two hosts, Matt and Ali, had the pleasure of attending recently in San Diego, California at the La Jolla Institute for Immunology. Now, the La Jolla Institute for Immunology is a world-famous research institute where scientists from around the globe study the immune system. They are trying to understand what goes wrong when we develop an autoimmune disease like type 1 diabetes and how we can engage, employ, or activate the immune system to prevent and cure disease. This episode is brought to you by the La Jolla Institute for Immunology, where innovation meets research for life without type 1 diabetes. So without any further ado, let's get into today's interview. Hey, pardon my pancreas podcast listeners. Today we have some really interesting subjects we want to cover. Today we have someone who graduated from the Faculty of Sciences in Tunis, Tunisia in 2012 with a Master of Science degree in Microbiology, then was awarded an Erasmus Mundus PhD scholarship to study at the University of Lille, France, from which he graduated with a PhD in Virology. Today we have Mehdi Bancala. Mehdi, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so you've had a vast, uh, a very cultured background. Yes. You're from Tunisia. Yes. And Tunisia is, what kind of cultures are there? Um... You mentioned a few it's different places. North African, it's a North African culture. We have, I think, okay. African culture. <laughs> yeah, and you mentioned you speak three languages. Yes, I speak Tunisian with a dialect of Fre- Arabic, French, and Italian. Also, I speak French and I speak English. So that's incredible. I'm already, <laughs> I'm blown away. I only speak one. I tried learning French and Spanish, but you're way ahead of me. <laughs> uh, but I would love to talk about virology today. But first. I want to get into how you fell into the diabetes realm. Do you have diabetes? Do you know someone that does? Uh, I do not have diabetes, but actually I have my grandfather. He had uh, uh, LADA, which is latent autoimmune diabetes in adults. Okay. And so he developed when he was, I guess, 34 and 35. So it was a long time ago when it was in Tunisia. So I think it was, it was very, hard to, very hard to manage, I think, at that time. I can imagine. Yeah, so uh, it was... It was I think because my grandmother used to do his insulin shots actually I remember that very well wow and uh, I mean it's a it's a developing country don't mm-hmm. say third world country anymore and so he had all the complications that you can imagine from from diabetes so he had glaucoma and then he had uh, kidney failure and so he had to do the, the dialysis like two weeks uh, two, two, uh, two times a week so yeah it was yeah, I remember it was it was tough I think for him yeah Wow. And what was that like for you? Is this the reason you jumped into this field of study? Or is it you something you just had a passion for yeah. naturally? Yeah, I mean, not, not, not really. I mean, I didn't really think about it. But now, I, uh, now when I'm studying it and I'm learning about it, and I, yeah, it kind of interests, it interests me more to yeah, try to learn how it works and try to figure out how, how it works and maybe find something to fight it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, yep. So you got your PhD in virology. Yes. That's something that I'm really interested in. We talked a little bit about this beforehand, but uh, recently I was in a place where I wanted to be a human trial. <laughs> I was, I'm ready for a cure. <laughs> and so I was looking into virology and, and it was very fascinating to learn that this does have an impact on a lot of our lives. Yes. And so what yep. can you tell us about your studies? So um, during my PhD I worked on enteroviruses and uh, more uh, especially it was on the Coxsackie virus. So this is a very common virus that we can find everywhere and everyone has it. Hmm. So, but uh, like in 90 times percent, uh, in, in 90 percent, it doesn't like, 
it doesn't do anything. You can, you just have it and you don't even feel it. But in ten per, in ten percent, you can have pancreatitis. You can have uh, also myocarditis. And uh, so, and also, it is it is related to uh, type one diabetes. So there is a lot of studies, epidemiological studies, that where we found that uh, enterovirus RNA we find it more in type one diabetes patients compared to uh, healthy healthy patients to non-diabetic patients. So also we found the viral RNA, we found the uh, antibodies, the neutralizing antibodies against these viruses. Uh, Type one diabetic people have these uh, all the all these the uh, proteins and the RNA and these antibodies. They have it more. There, there is more le higher levels in type one diabetic patients hmm. compared to uh, non-diabetic patients. And so I know that there are, from my limited knowledge, <laughs> I know there are is a genetic component uh, with immune and environmental factors as well. Yeah, what so, does that look like? So the type, we don't really know how type one diabetes happens how it starts so uh, it's it's a very complex so the etiology is that there is um, so there's the predisposition predisposition so there's mm -hmm. genetic predisposition and there's the autoimmune factor and there's the environmental factor and one of these environmental factors are the are the viruses that are could there any be specific could, ones um, yeah the, it, um, so the specific uh, the most common ones are the enteroviruses Okay. But also here in the lab, we work on um, herpes virus, more exactly the um, HHV6, human herpes virus 6. Huh. So also this is a very common virus that every hundred, almost 100% 100 of people have it. But also, we, uh, this is the current study in the lab, we found that type 1 diabetic patients, they have more levels of this virus compared to others. Yeah. Wow. So we, we don't know yet why and how, but we're working on it. So, it sounds like you're saying that everyone on Earth has a form of herpes, right? Yes, And almost. then diabetics have more herpes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Some bad news for our listeners right there. <laughs> oh, Actually, this is not like the herpes that we, we know of, but more like... Um, so, the, the HHV6, the human herpes virus 6, is, uh, is also called roseola virus. So um, it affects, I mean, young kids, as soon as they are um, weaned, so they don't have their uh, breast milk. Yeah, they're not breastfed, so they have this, they have this virus. Hmm. And so, it, so um, they get infected, but, and it stays there, it's, uh, it stays dormant in the body. But with type 1 diabetic people, we have, it, it kind of activates and there is more of it compared to others. Interesting. So, with a virus potentially being a trigger for type 1, yes. what other triggers exist? Uh, we don't know actually what other triggers. So, so this is, the, um, with, with the viruses, it has been like really studied uh, very well, especially with enteroviruses. Mm -hmm. And we, we, we think it's a trigger, but we still don't know how. We still don't know how it works. And where, where there is uh, some hypothesis that uh, it can like, have a direct a direct impact on the beta cells, so it will go there and kill the beta cells. Hmm. So that's one. And two is um, it's called the molecular mimicry. Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, so the uh, the viruses they have some proteins that can be uh, almost similar to other proteins on the beta cells. So it's it's molecular mimicry. So the um, the immune system, our immune system. So he thinks that he's gonna fight and kill the um, the uh, 
the cells that are infect infected with this virus and that, that harbor these proteins. But since the virus has the same protein as, um, as these other proteins on the beta cells, so the, um, so the immune system will also go and dis destroy the, the beta cells. So that's, that's molecular mimicry, we say. So it's not as much our immune systems messing up and killing it on purpose, it's that they're trying to kill the bad guys, yes, and then the bad guys look like the good guys, yes. so you just kill them all. Yes, exactly. Interesting. Yeah. So within virology, is it assumed that viruses are one of the main triggers for type 1 diabetes? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, how has that been for you studying that? Is it... What are the, uh, let me rephrase that. What do your days look like? Do you test viruses with beta cells on animals, or is it... So during, yeah. during my PhD, I developed a type 1 diabetic uh, mouse model. So when we, uh, where we um, inject a streptozotocin, so this is, uh, this is a toxin that, um, that uh, spe specifically targets the beta cells. And uh, we, so with this, uh, so this streptozotocin has been used um, before in uh, pancreatic cancer because since it targets the, uh, the beta cells, so they use it. But the problem is it will gonna, it's going to kill uh, everything, uh, not only the cancer cells, but also the uh, healthy beta cells. Mm. So we took this one and we only injected to the mouse uh, like a really uh, low quantity of streptozotocin. So the, the mouse looks healthy, it is healthy, there is no hyperglycemia. But when we inject the virus, uh, it becomes uh, diabetic, it, it has hyperglycemia and hypoinsulinemia. So this, with this model, we can we can um, we can study uh, how, how the viruses impact the uh, the pancreas and how it develops in uh, the type one diabetes. Wow, how long do those trials typically take? Uh, for 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 me, this model it took me three years during my PhD. Wow. And now, um, yeah, now now we we are uh, with um, when I joined the La Jolla Institute with uh, Professor Von Herat. So we I'm still working on viruses. So now we are also working on herpes virus and also on still on enteroviruses. Hmm. Yeah, we're gonna talk about the new projects later on. <laughs> uh, so I assume you work with the, the National Pancreatic Organ Donor Network. Yes, NPOD. 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 Okay. Yeah. What can you tell me about that? Um, so this is the network of uh, uh, network for pancreatic organ donors with diabetes. So they are based in Florida. And they are they are very 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 helpful because they uh, they collect the uh, organs from organ donors, so they process them, they process them, and then uh, uh, they distribute the uh, the samples to all the uh, the labs, the uh, the investigators that uh, that work on type one diabetes. And it's my understanding that they don't. No one owns that, right? It's kind of a shared knowledge. Base? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so, so that allows everyone to study these. Is it pancreatic slices? Yes. Yes. Wow. So, so, um, so what they do is they uh, they collect they collect the pancreas mm -hmm. from the organ donors and then they uh, process it so uh, they can uh, so they can um, froze it. I mean, mm -hmm. it can be frozen and uh, we can work on uh, frozen uh, slices, or also it can be uh, fixed in for formalin and then uh, and then embedded in paraffin. So it's, the paraffin is kind of a wax. Mm -hmm. So it keeps the, uh, the um, so it keeps the, the pancreas keeps the, its normal uh, I would say uh, morphology, and uh, we can we can study it. So um, yeah, so uh, they they process the um, the pancreases the pancreas, and then they cut it like um, five micrometers uh, thick. 
and they put it on slides and they will ship all these slides to all the investigators to work on. So when the slides are shipped, that's got to be a pretty fragile process, right? Um, yeah, yeah, it is. But the, the good thing is with the, uh, uh, once they are fixed, I mean, the, the tissue can, uh, is, I mean, it stays intact mm -hmm. and uh, it can't be, uh, it can die or can, it cannot deteriorate or it cannot oh. oxidize. So, so there's no temperature control worries? No, nothing. It's, it can, wow. You can leave it at room temperature. It can stay like that for 20 or 30 years and you can still work on it. Wow. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, the, uh, that's the good thing with, uh, with the formalin fixation. Yeah. yeah. And we still have to refrigerate our insulin every day. So that's kind of nice. You don't have to worry about temperature control. <laughs> no, we do not. But, uh, but then, um, so we can, after that, we use, we use these, um, these um, sections, the slices. And uh, so to fix um, um, to stain the, the pancreas with insulin, glucagon, the lymphocytes, or the inflammatory molecules. And so we can have um, an idea of what's going on in these uh, sections. Hmm. That's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the, um, I think the, uh, the thing is that it's like it's frozen in time since you fix it. I mean, it stays like that. So we have only like a snapshot of that, what happens in the pancreas. We can, it's not, it doesn't like... Um, um, it's not something live. You get. It, oh yeah. I mean, you, you know what I mean. It's not something like you can follow it on time and see what happens. It's just what happens in that moment. Yeah, yeah. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. And is that as a result of it freezing, or simply because it's not a it's functioning? It's because organism? it's frozen and because it's fixed, so nothing happens anymore. It's it stays like that. Okay. Yeah. Huh. What can you tell me about islet organoids? So uh, since. Um, since uh, we said that it stays like that and we cannot like uh, study it over time mm -hmm. so now we um, we are turned to uh, other technologies and still with uh, with Npod and other uh, and other companies so uh, we are working with uh, Insfero so it's a, a company based in Zurich and they are they have developed uh, islet organoids mm -hmm. so these are uh, so they take um, islets from organ donors and they um, so they disaggregate the, the cells, so they have a single cell suspension, and they, I don't know how it, it really works, it's their technology, but mm -hmm. they can create islets in vitro, and they stay alive and functional with insulin and glucagon for almost a month. Wow. And we can, we can study it, and we can do like experimental infections with these, and it, so it didn't start yet, with, we, got, we are um, in the process of doing it, so... In like two months, we're gonna we're gonna start working with that. Incredible! Yeah, it's very it's very exciting. So we can like follow it and see what happens and the development of uh, and the impact of viral infections on the on the beta cells. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I'm assuming you're very excited. For yeah, that, I'm very excited that stage about in two that. months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, would you be able to simplify that process for our listeners? So, what's what is an islet cell? What does that process look like in layman's terms? So, so the islets are the um, the endocrine tissue in the pancreas, where there is the beta cells that produce the insulin, and where there is also the alpha alpha cells that produce the uh, glucagon and other other um, other uh, cells that produce other uh, horm hormones. So they, so they. I don't really how it, I don't really how they do it, but they. Uh, so they um, disaggregate the, the, uh, these islets, so they make uh, just so it's an islet is um, 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 a grouping. Yeah, a grouping mm -hmm. of cells. So they um, make a single cell suspension, and then they put it back together, but with um, 
uniform shape. Huh. And uh, yeah, I don't know how really they do it. It's yeah. the technology. And uh, it stays like that for, for a month. We can work on it with it for a month. Wow. And what are you hoping to gain out of those trials? Um, there, there's a, there's a many possibilities with it. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things we can do with it. We can we can uh, evaluate the um, after the viral infection, so the uh, see how the beta cells and other cells react to the infection. We can also um, so we we are going to use um, um, a virus, Coxsackie uh, virus, mm-hmm. but this one is uh, is labeled. It has a green fluorescent protein. So we can we can follow it and see where it goes. Does it go to the beta cells? Does it go to the alpha cells? Where does it replicate? Maybe it has a niche somewhere. Is it the beta cells that it prefers, or somewhere else? So we with that we can we can really see it in uh, live and see how how it develops and how, what happens. So it sounds like you're trying to follow the path of the introduction of the virus to the beta cells to figure out why type one exists. Is that right? Um, so we try to uh, understand the impact of the infection on uh, on uh, on type one on, on beta cells, particularly. And is this more so so that you can stop it before it hits the beta cells, or is it to better understand the disease as a whole? To 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 better understand the disease, and uh, if uh, uh, we can also try antiviral uh, therapies. Hmm. So if um, uh, with with this system, it's in vitro, we can. Uh, introduce antivirals and see if it, it better helps the beta cells keep their function or not. Wow. So we're going to have we're going to have these islet organoids and we're also going to have the um, human pancreas slices. So th- so this is also from NPOD. So they have developed this technique where they um, when they receive the pancreas so they still keep it alive, they perfuse it, they give it oxygen and everything. And then they are going to uh, slice it, but um, it's going to be 120 micrometers thick. Hmm. So, so, and then they will ship these slices to the investigators. So, this is like um, a whole pancreas, human hmm. pancreas. It's still live yeah. and with everything. So, so the advantage of this. So the others are just the islets, and here with the human pancreas slices, it's going to be the all all the tissue with the um, exocrine, uh, exocrine cells, with the endocrine, with the islets. It can have immune cells, it can have all the uh, nervous system. So th- this, is, this, is, this is really the best thing, is that m- mimics the human pancreas, a live human pancreas. And with this one, the, um, the people at MPOD have been able to uh, develop a method where they keep it alive for uh, two to three weeks. Mm. So this is, this is even better than the islet organs, personally, I think. Wow. It sounds like there's a lot of moving parts in that, though. With yeah. islets, it's like it's very specialized, right? You yes. just have the islet cell. Yes. But with an actual, fully functioning and alive pancreas slice. Yes. <laughs> this is this is yeah. This is this is very exciting. So we can have everything, and we can study everything. So th- the possibilities with this are, yeah. Does that make it more difficult because there are more variables? Um, yes. I mean, variables. Yeah. I mean, there, we have to study everything. Yeah. They, I mean, it's going to be tough at the beginning to um, uh, to develop this method. Mm-hmm. So uh, at first, we are going to start with um, uh, healthy controls, non-diabetic people, because the type 1D uh, pancreases are very um, precious, and uh, we cannot um, try on that. So we're going to develop this method on uh, non-diabetic uh, pancreases. And once we have the everything uh, set up, 
we can move to the uh, type 1G uh, pancreas. Wow. And so you have the pancreatic slices. Are you moving? What will be the next step? Is it animal trials? Is it actually? What is it? No, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the the animal trials will be like a step backwards because we. Oh really? Yeah, because we have already for the past fifty years worked with mouse models. Okay. And with the mouse models, we have been able to cure type one D with like hundred different cures in mouse. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm so jealous of mice right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's why people are try to work more and more on, on human cells. That makes sense. Yeah, because... Why we, cure a mouse if you can't cure a human? Exactly, because we literally there's hundreds and hundreds of cures in mice. Wow. And none of it has been translated in humans. So now... Why is that? It's different. Mm. Mice are different from humans. It's, it, they're, is there a different cellular makeup or is it the organ itself that is different? Everything. Everything everything is different. I mean, it's a good model. I mean, uh, it's not, I'm not saying that working with mice is bad, but we have learned a lot from mice. Mm -hmm. But it, the problem is we cannot translate it to humans. Yeah. So that's why um, uh, Professor Von Herat, so he, 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 he wants to do these eyelid organoids and these pancreas slices because it's the closest to, to what we get to humans and it's going to be the best uh, for research. So for the end pod, where do those pancreas slices come from? Are they from just little slices that people donate while they're alive? I highly doubt that, but <laughs> no. is it people that have deceased and yes. you kind of get a golden egg when it's somebody so, who has type 1 so diabetes? It comes from organ donors. Yeah. Once they, yeah, the, they are deceased, so they, they made the choice before that to donate their organs and their pancreas to input. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So th th that's why th these are very precious mm -hmm. things to work with. Yeah. And how often would you say if ever, actually, that you would receive a pancreas from someone who has diabetes, or had, since they're dead? Uh, w w th there, there's a lot of uh, organ donors with diabetes that donate their pancreas to, uh, to NPOT. And is that more beneficial for your studies, or less? Definitely. Really? Definitely. So then you yeah. can see what works, possibly? De yeah, because it's, it's better, for example, when we do viral infections, mm -hmm. it's better to do the experiment in non-diabetic, and see what's the response with type 1, di type one, type one diabetic and see if maybe they are more sensitive to the infection or what's, what's the difference? Hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely better to, with, the, with these type of samples. That's really exciting. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always, I don't know, I don't want to say better, but uh, it's encouraging when you hear that people are donating their organs and, and giving back to science. Because yes. you can't take it with you. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what's the purpose? Yeah. You know, and so yeah. uh, in that selfless act, I'm so happy that you guys yeah. are able we to are take that. Yeah, we are very. Um, um, yeah, it's it's really uh, it's really great to work with the, with these type of samples. So we we try to be very careful, and so for for example, if you have something new, so we we were going to work with mouse before and see if it really works with mice, and then we're gonna do the eyelid organoids. Still, it's not really mm -hmm. like, and then we can. Uh, so these organisms also can be um, uh, produced from uh, embryo embryonic cells, so mm. it can be differentiated into the into beta cells and alpha cells. Yeah. And then uh, at the final stage, we will work on uh, on the human uh, life pancreas. Fascinating. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up, I want to ask, uh, what's next for you? What are the, the new things that you're excited about? I mean, these 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 things that the eyelid organoids and the pancreas slices. So it's just started. So it's it's very exciting, and we'll see what happens with this. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, Maddie, thank you so much for coming thank on today. Much. Thank you for your thank time. You for inviting me. And uh, it was a blast talking with you and, yeah. and learning more about virology. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. All right, guys, that's it for today's episode. Be sure to subscribe, check out our other episodes, and as always, keep up the fight. Thank you.